Good morning, good morning. What's up, Fathom Church? Uh, so good to see you all in the house. I thought it was going to be cold this morning. I, I wore a sweater. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm about to heat to death up in here. Anybody hot? Michael, there's always this conversation going on in, in church about like how cold or how hot it is. And I think we've learned that it's like there's vents. And so if you're cold natured, like you find the vents, you know, and get up under or get away from the vents. If you're hot natured, get up under the vents. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like church talk, you know. So I'm so thankful you're here. If you're watching at home, you get to just like Make sure the AC is set exactly how you want. If you're driving down the road, you can adjust it uh, in your car. And, and thankful for just our Fathom fam that's all over the place. Uh, and thankful for how God is using this season. I'm so thankful uh, you're here. We are wrapping up a series today called Healthy Habits, and I'm pumped to wrap it up. But uh, I am also really excited about this coming weekend. This weekend is going to be amazing. Like, I... <laughs> Like, it's a lot. that We actually, um, when we were planning our church calendar uh, back in October for 2020, we were looking because we want to really make sure that we don't tap too many weekends of your life. Like, we think it's important that, like, the church is not, like, like all about, like, taking every weekend and all that stuff. And we looked at it, and there's, like, three weekends throughout the year that we're, like, actually pulling, you know, and, and engaging people in our marriage conference one. Our kids weekend is one that kind of involves a lot of our families. Uh, and, and then really this coming weekend, we do a women's event, um, which I will not be present at. My wife will be uh, leading the charge there uh, called Bloom. And uh, it's just a, just a hangout, like bring an appetizer. It's called Bloom. Uh, you can bring an appetizer. It's at seven o'clock this weekend. Um, and just just enjoy some time with the ladies right here in the lobby. That's Friday night. Good time to just meet new ladies and, and enjoy some hangout, just some, some girl time. We just love that girl time, don't we, Taryn? We just love it. So, so thankful for it. And then Saturday is, I'm telling you, if you will make a commitment to be here Saturday, it's just going to be a game changer in your life. It's going to be a game changer. Um, I, I think in the future, I really want to call this like this event Overflow because I, I just believe it's just about getting you to a place in your heart that you're not just running on E anymore. You're not just trying to get by, trying to fill the cup every week. And just I think it's a day in which God can really get you spiritually, emotionally, relationally, get your head in the right space, your heart in the right space, and just launch you into this spring. Um, and so I hope you'll make plans to be here. Register. We need you to register. Fathomchurchjacks.com slash team conference. It'll take you to an Eventbrite. You can search on Eventbrite and just let us know so we can make sure your Chick-fil-A lunch is here. Come on, the Holy Bird is happening and uh, make sure we got all the, the, uh, the child care and stuff covered. But it's going to be amazing. We've got all kinds of breakouts with just some, some leaders in this house that'll be providing stuff like hey, how to like be healthy in our relationships, you know, like how to build some healthy friendships, how to heal from some brokenness, how uh, Taryn and I are going to be doing a, a little breakout on, on just how to navigate like marriage and business and ministry and all, all that family stuff. And so we'd love to pour into you. We've got all kinds of good stuff. You can see all that stuff online. I think it's posted on our social media. And then we've got uh, one of my favorite parts of the day is something called the five on five. And that's like you get five speakers you don't normally get to hear from on the stage, just drop in five minutes of just encouragement into you, and you're just like, you just kind of get bubbling. You're like, yes, I can do this. And, and so I just don't want you to miss it. It's going to be an, an amazing day. Um, so that's this weekend. And then next weekend, I'm pumped because next Sunday we are kicking off a new series um, um, called uh, That's Offensive. We live in a little bit of an offended culture about everything, and some of us have an offendable spirit, and we're just going to spend a few weeks talking about that's offensive, 
And so uh, that maybe if you know someone who gets offended about everything, that's a good day to invite them. And I'll do my best to offend them about how offendable they are. So uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but I'm excited to wrap up today. We're going to be diving into um, uh, the hardest habit for me. We've been in this series called Healthy Habits. And uh, over the past 15 years, 10 years, this has been the hardest habit for me to form because I had a lot of other habits that are opposite of it, and really the way um, I'm wired. And, and I want to talk to you about the habit of rest, and, and the struggle is real for a lot of us when it comes to the habit of rest. Um, you come in here tired. In fact, as a pastor, as a worship leader, when, when I'm up here, I can feel when we're tired. <laughs> I, can, I can feel when we're dragging in, and so, man, I think team conference is going to be perfect timing for some of us. Um, but I, I also know today is a moment to slow down and teach um, on, on rest and what the Bible teaches on that. Um, and, and I know as I just begin to get into this conversation on rest, um, I, I want to just pause for a second because, um, and just address kind of an elephant in the room for some of us because some of us, we don't need a conversation about rest today. Um, we actually need a conversation about sloth. <laughs> we need a conversation about getting off our tail and doing something for Jesus, and taking care of business. We need that conversation. And so if I'm preaching today to, uh, to about rest, and, and you're in a place, and like, yeah, the truth is I really identify myself as a lazy person. <laughs> rest is probably not the, the scriptures you need today, um, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, because you need it. And, and I pray that it, it'll open up a conversation, a thought process on how I invest my life and how I work in, in, in the rhythms and the patterns that God has called us to and how there's great power in the rhythms of God, uh, particularly when it, comes to, when it comes to rest. And so that's just in a little on aside for a subgroup <laughs> in the room. I know that's not everybody in the room, but... Um, uh, this is so deeply ingrained in me, this teaching. Um, I, I prepared for it, but I, I didn't need to prepare for it because I can just, it's on, it's on, I got scars all over on it um, uh, because I'm a recovering workaholic and, and some can brush that off and have heard me talk about that. Um, but work is an addiction. It's an addiction. And um, for, for many of us, it, it's an addiction um, in which we get a high from. But those highs, actually, we try to hide our lows through our work. And the reality that I ran into in my life as I hit a place in which my identity was not near, as a pastor, my identity was not near as in Christ as I claimed it was. My identity was far more in my performance and my work for God and not out of my identity in Christ, who I am in God, and some of us, as I, as I preach today and as I teach from the scriptures, you're going to feel deeply convicted about this, and, and if that's you, I just want you to know you're in good company, um, because I have to constantly battle this addiction that's in my life to, to achieve and to perform and to not, and to avoid God's patterns and rhythms of rest that are life-giving to me. I feel like over the past 10 years, I've been slowly poisoning this little Pharaoh in me who is running me like a slave. I've been poisoning that little Pharaoh with the grace of God. And Jesus has been feeding me his grace and that my identity is not in my work and slowly but surely this little Pharaoh is dying. 
And maybe for you, it's time that that little Pharaoh starts to die too, and we just acknowledge that he's there. Um, because um, the enemy will love to get you to a place of burnout. The, the enemy will love to get you to a place in which your identity is not in Christ. And, and so I want to cause for some of us to, to step back and reflect on maybe our patterns and rhythms of life, of work, and of rest. And uh, I, I want to do it a little bit differently today. I'm really known for, I'll go to one text and I'll work through it, and I love to tell stories and, and dive into the text. But today I really felt to give you really a whole bundle of powerful texts and kind of teach them as a group today. Um, and so we're going to go through about seven or eight scriptures in about seven or eight minutes. So everybody buckle up, and we're, gonna, we're just going to hammer through these, and then I'll recap, and we're going to go through these um, pretty quickly. Can you guys hang with me through some different scriptures? At the end, there'll be a recap on here of like, like a 10 points kind of out of this, and you can just t- snap a picture of it if you want to go back through and like remember what these scriptures are. Uh, and it begins in Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. He had finished all the work in six days and so he rested. And so there's something about squeezing whatever work we got to in six days and rest. And God blessed it and he made it holy. God, before he commanded anything, he models it. He models it in creation. Skip over to Exodus chapter 16, the next book to the 16th chapter. The law, the Ten Commandments are not in place, but God is still uh, challenging. And, and, and what the scripture says here is to bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. It's there. It's a gift from God. And that's why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone's just stay where they are on the seventh day. No one's to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. So before it's command, it's modeled and it's practiced and God provides for it. And so this is, there's a whole wisdom here. In order to take the day off, I got to save a little extra in order to do that. But so, so many of us, we live in careers and jobs and we live financially like we have to keep, keep going, grinding. But if we'll realize that God will provide it for us when we'll slow down and we won't be frivolous with it, because the reality is that there probably is margin there. We just need to stop wasting it. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, now it is a command. Now we're in the Ten Commandments. Um, Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. It's the largest um, textual commandment we have. It, there's, there's more words, there's more sentences on this commandment than any other, and it's strategically placed uh, between the set of commandments that have to do with our love for God and our relationship with God, our worship of God. So don't have any other gods before me. Don't make any idols in my image. It kind of it lands between those first few and, and between the, the latter uh, handful in which are about our relationship with one another. Don't kill, don't steal, don't, don't covet, don't uh, have adultery. And the, the Sabbath sits between these two. It sits radically between them, holding together our love for God and purity of worship to God and our purity of um, worship through relationships. It says this, remember the Sabbath. Don't forget it. 
um, day by keeping it holy. It's, he made it holy. We got to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals. Nor, don't even let your animals work on that day is what God is commanding. For, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Again, he's blessed it. He's made it holy. And so this is somehow God is working in the Sabbath. When we rest, and we're going to talk more about what do I do in that time? What do I do in the time when I stop in just a few moments? But in it, he's helping bridge together our love for him and fulfillment of loving him and loving other people at the same time. Let's skip ahead to Exodus chapter 31. We're just in the Old Testament at this point. Uh, Then the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between uh, me and you for the generations to come so that you will know that I'm the Lord. It's for generations, but it's also so that you'll remember, so that we will remember that he's the Lord who makes us holy. Somehow the Sabbath and him making us holy are working together. Isaiah 58, now we're in the prophets. Actually, before I jump off Exodus 31, right after this, God will say the punishment um, for breaking the Sabbath in Old Testament, in the, under the law, was death. After chapter 31. So God was serious, like, don't break this. This is powerful, and I want you to kind of get the picture here. Isaiah 58 says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. This, is, this isn't a burden. This just... It's a gift. Just enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. And I'll give you great honor and I'll satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. Uh, I, the Lord, have spoken. Now let's flip over to the New Testament. We'll read a few here. Uh, Jesus here in Matthew chapter 12, we'll just read a few verses of Jesus healing uh, on the Sabbath, and people are bent out of shape about it. Uh, Going from that place, verse 9 says, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. And looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more is a valuable as a person than a sheep. Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored. And just as sound as the other, but the Pharisees went out and they plotted uh, against Jesus um, and how they might uh, kill him. Uh, let's flip over to Romans chapter 14. Just two more verses, this one and one more. Uh, Romans 14, five and six says this, one person considers Um, one day more sacred than another, another considers every day alike. But each of them, who like it's Saturday, it's Sunday, it's Monday, it's Wednesday, whatever day you consider sacred, holy to the Lord, uh, should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains also does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. Christians are not under the same exact conviction. There is such a thing as personal conviction when it comes to 
the Sabbath day. Uh, Colossians 2, uh, 16 and 17, Therefore do not let anybody judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. And here's a huge thing. This is where it's all leading to. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. All of that points us to Jesus. God modeling it. God commanding it. God teaching us to delight in him in this rest. Because what if I told you the rest that God wants for us is way deeper than a day off? And and what if I told you that the day off is only about bleeding that delight in him and that rest into every other part of our life in this world? And what if I told you that day off is only about our preparation for eternity of our eternal rest in Jesus? What, What if God wants to shape us in this time of stopping? I don't know about you, but I get in the grinds and I'm and I'll work, and I'll work, and I'll work, and, and, and my brain's on what I'm doing. You know, there's a scripture that talks about we can pray without ceasing. You know, we pray without ceasing, and we love that, that scripture, and it's great, but like the reality of that is so difficult because we get bogged into our, our task and our things we do, and we can learn to, uh, you know, just ha- um, begin to live this lifestyle of prayer that's in everything but, but I think that God uh, wants to, to teach us today to, to, to rest in him. And that through this Sabbath day, that it'll begin to bleed into every other part of our, our life, a deeper rest. Let me just throw up a recap of what we just talked about. Just 10 takeaways on what the scriptures teach us the Sabbath is. Uh, it's a gift. It came from God. It's a gift. It's blessed. Um, it's holy. It's to be kept holy. And I could add, and is making us holy through it. The Sabbath is to be remembered. I missed an ED there. It's to be remembered. It's also a reminder. So when we don't remember it, it's coming around again because we know we've got a Sabbath through the Lord and it it reminds us I'm not an island to myself. Like I've been providing for myself but then I hit that day and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not my provider. (laughs) And when we work seven days a week, we live just like the people of Israel in slavery. We live just like them. And God has set us free that we might know freedom. It's a reminder. It's to be enjoyed. It's not a command. It's not a, an oppressive command. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a principle that is to breathe us, breathe life into us. It's personal, right? There's a personal conviction level to this, but it's also communal. It's a sign to the generations. It's a sign to our children that, that mom and dad, you know, know how to rest. It's a sign to our coworkers that, no, 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 my identity is not in my work, so if you fire me, it's, it, it's okay, but I'm not taking that extra overtime. I'm not going to keep saying yes, because I'm not your slave. I'm a slave to Christ, I'm not a slave to you. And we make some of those conversations, and we realize that's personal, but it's also a sign to others, and all of it, it's a shadow that points us to the reality that is in Jesus Christ, that he is our ultimate rest Jesus takes this into the New Testament and begins, you see, Jesus fulfilled the law that we could not keep. Because that's the reality of what the Old Testament led us to. It led us to the realization, and what God has in place is that led us to this realization that we can't keep it up, right? Penalty of death. Yeah, but if you turn on a light switch, like Orthodox Jews, if you turn on a light switch, no, like, no, you have broken the law. You need to go and do all these sacrifices. Jesus was our ultimate sacrifice. 
And so we don't have to live with that burden. And we see glimpses of it, glimmers of it throughout the Old Testament that he wants this to be about delight, that we can enjoy rest. And that's what we see in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. That is what God intended originally for us. And now he is leading us back to the garden. He's leading us back to a lifestyle in which our, our work, it's, you know what I mean? Like in the garden, it was work, but yeah, I mean, the trees were just fruitful. I just, like, it, it was like work. It's like, no, it's just there. I just got to take it. I just got to pull it off the tree, and I just got to step into it. But we find our reality so much different these days, it seems. Not only our external reality, reality but our internal reality. So what do we do in this time? What do we do when we finally get to the place like, okay, I'm going to take these 24 hours off. I'm going to take these 12 hours off. I'm going to take this weekend off, and I'm going to experience Sabbath. What do we do? Well, these four things that I, I think God teaches us to do in the Sabbath. One, it's to stop. <laughs> like, just stop. Like, stop the work. Like, do not disturb is on. Stop the side hustle. Stop the housework. Like, stop it all. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. Just slow down. And I know for some of us, we're like, oh, if I did that, then this, this, and this. No, no, it's a trust thing, and we're going to get that. That's my final point. I'm letting it out. It's a trust thing. And we got to get to the place where we stop. We stop spiritually. We, we stop striving. We stop emotionally. We stop physically. Because the reality for many of us, when we stop, our bodies stop, but our brains, come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Our brains keep on spinning. And I don't want your brain to stop spinning. But it needs to move in a different direction. It's, it's, it stops. And that's honestly why it can't spin is because we don't know how to stop. <laughs> we, we don't know how to. And what we do is we begin to rest. It takes time. You know, like uh, I was just talking to someone and they were hanging out with some friends late last night. And they said, but you know, uh, or you, if you get off work or you get off a weird schedule, it takes a couple hours to kind of wind down. You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of that same thing when it comes to the Sabbath. Like, we can't begin to get it off until we slow down. Like, when I take a vacation, like, I can't take a three-day vacation. That means nothing for me. It does nothing for me. I, 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 can't even, I can't even begin to rest in three days. My brain is still wide open, and so we schedule ours, and we do them, we do them longer. We don't do them as often, but when we do them, we do them longer, and so we rest spiritually and physically. And delight is a word here that... I really want to highlight, I didn't put it in yellow, but I, I would just highlight it to you. And some of us, we don't know what delight is with the Lord. We still see everything that he asks of us as a command. As if we don't do it right, he's going to strike us dead. And we, we're, we're more Jewish than we are Christian. And now, I, got, now I, I messed up and I missed it and now I've got to do all these sacrifices so I'll feel better about myself and so I won't be, have shame about it. Some of us live far more in the Old Testament than we do in the New Testament. And we still uh, adhere to the entire Bible, but we view the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus Christ now because of the gospel and the grace and what that means in our life. To, to delight is to remember and that I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being. It's to remember that my identity is not in what I do, but it's in who I am in Christ. To delight in, in God is to not only delight in the rest, but to delight in the creator who gives us the rest. Uh, I heard one uh, author put it like this, that Sabbath is, 
is nothing less than the, than the human clinging to the robe of the creator of the universe. It's like just reaching out, and I, I just want to delight. It's getting back to a place back in the garden where it's like I'm just, in, I'm just enjoying God, and I'm enjoying my life again. So many of us, we just feel like robots, and we're just feeding the machine and feeding the machine, whether it's our small business or the big corporation we work for or our side hustle, or even if it's our hobbies or if it's the housework, we just feel like machines. We begin to lose our meaning in that because we're, we've been created for more. We've been created for a deeper existence that's beyond everything we see here. And when we stop and we rest and we delight, we, we cling to eternity and we teach our souls to prepare for an eternal life with God. And finally is to contemplate. And this is not just completely shutting our brain off. It, it is, but it's redirecting our thoughts from the affairs of this earth into heavenly things. We, we turn our eyes away from the temporary things and I think through the meaning that I have with my children. I, I, I think through my identity in Christ. I contemplate his grace in my life. When I'm running seven days a week, I don't even slow down to contemplate anything. I don't have time because my to-do list is still waiting for me. But when I slow down and I contemplate, I can be reminded that this is bigger than me. God has something more for me, and I prepare my heart for eternity. And I know everyone's wired differently. You say, Pastor, I don't think I'm a workaholic. Well, one, you may be in denial. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, it comes in all shapes and sizes, all different personality types. And I'm not trying to broadcast that like you've got to take that on. We're all wired differently, but it's all important. It's important for all of us to understand the principle. And, I, and this is what Jesus shows us is it's, it's not a command. Because Jesus embodied and fulfilled the law. Even in his death and before his resurrection, he rested on the Sabbath. He fulfilled the law completely. So we are not commanded in such a way that we are now restricted, but now we are, are, it, there's this principle of rest. There's this principle of Sabbath that we begin to live with and know that God has a rhythm to life. And that I can stop and I can slow down and the world's going to keep spinning. And the business will figure it out and God will provide. And I trusted him and I learned to delight that I'm not a part of the machine. For the last five, 10 minutes, um, I just want to share my heart and my reflections really from this, my own journey. You're like, well, you've been doing that the whole time. I know. Um, but I want to I want to share just a, a, five things that I've, I've learned. I mean, I, I think when I started writing these down, I had to learn this, and I had to learn this, and I had to learn this, and maybe this is a gift just of what I've walked through and can help some of you in your next steps on where you need to focus in at. I think the first thing, I had to learn to be with God. I knew how to do for God. I did not know how to be with God. I didn't know how to just sit in his presence. The only time I felt anything is when I was doing for him because my identity was in what I did. I just had to learn to be with God. I wasn't trying to perform because the reality is we'll eventually run out because our being sustains our doing, not the other way around. And so many of us, we're living right now spiritually or in your work, you're doing in order to sustain your being, but God wants to flip that on its head and for, we got to learn to be 
and that'll sustain our doing, and that's a paradigm shift for us. Um, and the reality is, is my relationships were suffering, um, and it's been a journey. It's just been year after year. I'd been so accustomed to the grind of doing that I, I had to learn to stop. But here's the thing. Our joy comes out of enjoying being with God. And some of us, we've never experienced joy in our life. I know that. We've experienced happiness moments. But for some of us, particularly people that are, are just grinding, grinding, grinding and have not learned to be with God, I think God wants to restore joy and enjoy being with him. Like you're not coming to perform for him. You're not kind of making up for old deeds. No, 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 no. I'm just... He's a good God, and I want to be with him, and I can enjoy being with him. Uh, second thing is I had to learn my limits. I have for too long lived a life without limits. Um, I know there's some moms in the house, some dads. There's some business leaders. Um, there's some employees in the house that y- you don't have limits on yourself. I'll tell you what this is meant on a very practical basis um, one, I've learned that everybody has a different capacity. They have a different emotional capacity, a physical capacity. You know how there's a different tolerance for pain? Well, I, I think there is with work too. Um, you know, some of us, we can work a 12-hour day and it's no big deal. For some of us, a 12-hour day will put us down for three weeks. You know, one, we're, we're just not trained for it for whatever way, physically or emotionally. Uh, and every work is, is different. Um, I've, I've also come to find that with that capacity, there's a lot of things that play into that. In one season, you know, when I'm suffering from, I'm grieving loss, I, my capacity is lower than what it was in previous season. You know, in, in a season in which I'm physically battling some illness, my capacity to work at those hours is not there. And so part of this is, this is learning our limits. I learned my limits. I can't I can't go like I used to. My body, I'm, not as young as I, I'm not as young as I used to be. You might feel that in the room. I know there's some of you that, that feel like. And what I've learned is that there's this gaslight, there's this internal gaslight that pops on. And it's not just a gaslight, it's more like the check engine light. When I was um, 17 years old, my first car, I told you, was a, a 93 Ford Probe with 15-inch rims, balling, I know. Um, and then my second car uh, was this little prelude um, and, uh, and I loved it. It was like so sporty. And we, uh, anyway, the check engine light came on and I ignored it, um, like a 17 year old, you know, or like a 38 year old, whatever, <laughs> whatever we got going on. Um, you know, and I ignored that check engine light and, uh, give it two weeks of ignoring that. And you know what I had? I had a, I had a paperweight because <laughs> I blew my engine up. And I think some of us, if we'll just spend the $50 and take the hour and slow down and see what's going on here, take the day off, a mental health day or whatever, if we'll just do that, then we're going to save ourselves a broke down vehicle and two weeks out of work. And does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like pay attention to that check engine light where you snapped and you're like, that's not like me. That's $50 of slowing down, going on a one-hour prayer walk with Jesus just to be with him. And like, God, what was that? Coming back and apologizing. That's my check engine light. Because so many of us, we run right past that. We ignore it because we're too busy. Because our identity is in what we're doing. We won't slow down, and we can't get healthy. And you know what? We get that in. It's a $50 fix. We're moving on. You know, otherwise it's going to stifle us. Uh, we, we have a, a little exercise we do uh, with our leadership around here, and we really guide it with our volunteers as well. And, and we just call it a level of challenge. 
that all of us kind of with our capacity, it, it looks different, but for each of us internally, we can have a scale of one to five on the level of challenge in our life. A, a, a one is like a slug that doesn't do anything. Uh, five is a, a level of challenge for very long. Uh, some of you may be living in a level five challenge season in which like I, I can't take anything else in my life. I am like that close to like losing my mind, jumping off a bridge. Anybody know? Like that's level five and, and staying at a level five. You can do it for a few days. You can do it for maybe a month, depending on your capacity. You can do it for longer, but eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to burn out. You're going to burn out. You're going to blow up the engine of your life spiritually. Uh, level three, I think, is where so many of us, it's kind of like an average level. It's just kind of muttering along with life, and I'm taking on the challenges. And, but I think in, in many ways, we're not, we know that there's something more. I, I, I know that I need to lean in more. I know that God has more for me, and I find that the majority of people are in here. I think four is, is an, an, a great place for us to be at an appropriate level of challenge. Like, I, I'm not just kind of, kind of being stagnant. I'm not, certainly not lazy, and I'm not, like, blowing my mind out here just with at level five challenge all the time. But I'm just at an appropriate level of challenge. Like, I, I feel new challenges. I'm unafraid to take them on. I'm unafraid to, to step into this. But when this adds, I know this needs to go. It's just an appropriate level of challenge. And so I would just ask you to think through that maybe in your life. We just gotta, we gotta know our limits. We gotta learn to live within our limits. We talked about this back in the fall um, when we talked about the big sequoia trees. I think it was the sequoia trees. And they put fences around them to protect the root system. And that's, that's clocking out. Um, and and that's kind of my next, that's my next point. And I'll just go ahead and jump to it. Third thing is I had to get very intentional about rest on my schedule. Like so, some of us, like we, we, we binge rest. <laughs> We binge rest, and, and it's not like a set time. It's like an undefined, uh, unidentified time or undefined time, and so it just goes on and on forever. I think having just very intentional times, this is when I'm resting. This is when I'm going to shut it down, and having hard cutoffs with your calendar. And, and you may not have the same kind of pressures. Maybe some of you don't have pressures at all in your calendar, and, and you can get that rest, and you have a different uh, lifestyle. I know many of you, your, your calendar fills up quickly. And, and so I, I want to encourage you and, and challenge you to, to kind of get intentional about when that rest is taking place. I, I know so many of us, we feel like, oh, I can't afford to rest. I can't afford to, to slow down. And, and it's trusting God, which we're going to talk about here in a, a minute. And, um, you know, I, I can just tell you that 12 years ago, Taryn could tell you my laptop came to bed with me every night, just about till midnight. My, I was in my laptop. I was in bed. God really convicted me on that, and she could tell you, in 10 years, my laptop hasn't been in my bed, and my phone is away from um, my bed um, in the evening, and I, I try to shut it off, and, and I have a very difficult job to do that with. If you're a small business owner and you get every call, like, you get my world. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a nonstop grind, but I've, I've had to be very disciplined and be very intentional about those times of rest on my schedule, because if I don't schedule, if I don't put it in there, it's probably not going to happen. Something else is going to get in the way. So I had to get intentional about that. Maybe that's helpful for you. I've, I've disciplined myself to not work 12 hours every single day. I just can't do it. I'm not a machine. Slow down. Uh, the fourth thing I, I just say here, and this is going to be a tough one for some of us, I had to face the unintended con consequences of my actions. I have to face the unintended consequences of my actions. That means looking my wife in the face and saying, I'm sorry, 
I've left you at home way too many times, waiting on me, not responding to you. I had to face consequences of that, not from her wrath, <laughs> but just the health of our marriage. I, I, I have to, you know, had to look my, my kids in the face and say, you know, th- th- this is unacceptable. Hey, I, why is he having behavior issues? It's because of my lack of presence. I had to face the unintended consequences. I wasn't doing it to hurt anybody, but it happened. So we've got to face those unintended consequences. I had to face those unintended consequences with my own health. Many of you have heard me tell the story in 2017, God, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, it was about 10 months of just physical challenge. In the beginning of the year, I started dealing with plantar fasciitis. In October, I was dealing with some internal, like intestinal stuff. I didn't know what was going on. And in the summer, I was in one of the most intense travel seasons of my life. It, was, it wasn't the most, but it was darn close to it. And I was just traveling. I was in this city, in that country, and I was saying yes to everything, not knowing my limits. Um, and, and it caught up to me. And I started having what felt like many heart attacks over and over again. That would happen. It scared me to death. Scared my family because we have a family history of, of heart disease and heart attacks at age 40. You know, so he, here I was in my 30s, uh, you know, and, and I'm, feeling, I'm feeling many heart attacks. I'm like, so I had to face the un- what I realized through that. You know what they found? They found nothing. I was stressed. I was pushing my limits. I'd gone past that. I was traveling. and I was different area codes and, and time zones and just all over the place, and I was pushing limits, and I had to face the reality and the truth of those consequences in my own life and the people around me. And here's what I know, that there's what Romans 8, 1 says, is there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't have to live with the shame of that. I don't have to live with the guilt of that. You don't have to live with the guilt of you weren't the dad you should have been when your kids were growing up. You don't have to live with that guilt. If you're in Christ Jesus, you don't have to live with that guilt. Uh, you, you don't have to uh, live with the shame of that. Like, oh, I've been absent as a mom, and you don't have to do that. No, no. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But what we do have to do is the fifth and, and final thing, which is we've got to learn to trust God more. That, that's what it's about. When we feel that rub, like, oh, I can't do this. I don't know if I can do this. That is a rub in which God is going to prune us to trust him more. That tension that we feel like, this feels right, but I know it's wrong. I know this is what I need to do. That is actually God shaping our heart to trust him. And, and, I, and I just believe, I'm not trying to do this. I believe it's the Holy Spirit and it's us coming face to face with a life that's built on resting in Jesus because it's all a shadow that points us towards him, the reality that's in Jesus, and, and leading us to a place to live a life that we delight in him, that we are practicing eternity. And I know in your life, like it is in my life, that to-do list never ends. There's always more things. There's always another hustle. But man, God wants us to experience an existence that's so much deeper than that, than checking off boxes and filling to-do lists, and then just being a a part of the machine. I've, I've heard this phrase, for years, and, and I, I think I've said it before, so forgive me, um, but I come to understand it real differently now that uh, we, we want to work like it depends on us and pray like it depends on God. Has anybody ever heard that before? Like I've, I've said it before, I think. Work like it depends on us, and I understand the sentiment, so I'm not throwing shade at anybody. Like I said, I've said it before, but 
I, um, but I, I think that's really not doing it justice to the life that God wants us to live. I, I think what that I've found in my experience is that lives, leads us to this dualistic kind of existence in which in my spiritual life, when I'm in church, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm praying. And, and, but I think oftentimes in our work life, like God's sovereign over our spiritual life, but because we're working like it depends on us, we don't have a sense of peace and rest in our business and our side hustle or whatever it is because, because we're working like it depends on us. And, and I want to pray like it depends on him and I want to work like it depends on him. And that changes everything. And I think this passage is life-giving for us. And Jesus says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Yoke is it's a physical thing they would place over oxen to do work. And so Jesus is saying, take his yoke, because here's what his yoke is. And we got to learn this. It's a process. We're going to learn from him because he's gentle and he's humble in heart. And you're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of us don't have a light burden today. Some of us are in, in the easy yoke of Jesus some of us are in the hard yoke of Pharaoh. And Jesus is just saying, hey, if you'll just come, if you'll just come and you'll just stop and you'll just rest and you'll just delight and you'll just contemplate my goodness, it's going to be different. You're going to walk away with a light, a light burden, one that he has called us to, to walk in and learn in. And so I, I don't know where you're at, but I would imagine for all of us, uh, there's a, a lesson in the Sabbath. There's an opportunity. And I think for most of us, it brings us to a place of a decision in some things. Hey, I need to, I need to pick a time when I'm going to slow it down. Hey, we, we need to plan a vacation. We've been very bad at vacations. We've been we've doing it out of fear. And we're just going to trust God. We're going to put it on the calendar and we're going to step away and we're going to rest. I, I, I get it. I get it. Maybe it's getting to a place and just learning to be with God. It's just learning to fight off some of that desire just to do, 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 do. I, I don't know what it is for you, but I know that God's leading us all to a life that's full and that's abundant and that comes from delighting in him and resting in him. It's all pointing us to Jesus. It's all point, pointing us and preparing us for eternity with Jesus. And so I want to pray for you today. If you'll stand with me, this band's going to lead us in a song about the goodness of God. And I think it's just an amazing time for us to just reflect on his goodness today. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for this moment we get to share. I've, I've sp spoken a lot today out of my own testimony, but I know some of us are pre-testimony in this house, God. And I, I thank you that we're here together journeying and learning from you. I pray that every single one of us would just contemplate in our hearts where you're leading us. God, if it's knowing our limits, God, if it's, it's, if it's actually having a cutoff line for our working hours and not working endless hours, if it's just awareness for some of us today saying, God, there is a little Pharaoh living inside of us. It's actually made me a slave. God, you've brought us into freedom, God, and you're going to bring us into freedom again. Help us to not fall back under the yoke of slavery. God, as was experienced with Judaism, God, but help us to walk in liberty. That is why you came and you came to deliver. God, I thank you for delivering me. I thank you for your continual deliverance in my life. 
And I pray that you do the same in our body. As we worship, God, would you just let us release some things, God? Would you move our trust in you, God, as we declare your goodness? We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. There's going to be some folks at the